We live in a world where language and communication have become politically correct. We say bullshit. This is In the Trenches. We talk about what we want, how we want. How we want. Real and raw. From the military to veterans, society, spiritual, government, education, and everything in between, we're having real discussions about it all. Let's do this. This is In the Trenches. And now your host, Jossium. How you doing? Welcome today. This is another episode of In the Trenches. We have exactly two special, special guests that are good friends of mine that I've known for some time. These guests fit what the mold of what In the Trenches will talk about and is about, about the truth, regardless of how it is said or delivered. But it is the truth. The first guest has a book entitled Surviving Through Tough Times, On Your March, Get Set, and Go. And you can purchase those books from Cozy Corner Publishing. Now, the second guest also is a publisher, I mean, a a writer that writes poetry. I mean, poetry, and has a novel that's coming out. But on top of that, this man here, this special guest right here, is also a U.S. Army retired veteran. That's right. He's still doing his thing out there. Now, these guests is one and the only known as Misunderstood Herself and Mr. Jerome Red, Baltimore's own. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Y'all say something. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. And it's Romy Rome, Baltimore's own. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, you know, I have to apologize for that. It's just how to get it that correctly. <laughs> they say if what you a... don't know, you better ask somebody. Hello. I, I, I look at it there. He quick to correct. So that's what I Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say we are in the trenches. So if you don't know what In the Trenches is, is where we talk about everything, anything that's on your mind, but you're too afraid to speak about it. So here, we're just going to lay it out on the line. But today, on this particular episode, we're going to talk about why there are so many churches, but no one works together. Y'all talk to me. (laughs) Ladies first. Ladies first. Come on, misunderstood. First and foremost is it's history. As bad as we would think that it is just because there's history to this thing. Like when the whole Protestant church came to be about, they was only giving out lots. And when you think about, when you look at the history of it, 
they were giving lots mm-hmm. out, and it was like one corner, one corner, one corner, one corner. So within a three-mile radius, they was putting all, all of the churches. So you had Protestant, uh, Episcopalian, then you had like Gospel um, Baptist with a little bit of more Episcopalian in it, and then they had Methodist. So that is the first problem right there. There was a whole bunch of different churches. So it and 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 to be honest. I think that they're still doing that now and it's just gotten it's gotten a little bit, you know, more like if I don't agree with what Jerome did at first grader Baptist Methodist, then I'm gonna make a new uh-huh. first grader or a second first grader Baptist and then I'ma put it right around the corner so that we don't lose the people because they know how to get there. You know, so there's a lot of underlining reasons why we have churches on each corner. The real question is, why are the churches not connected? Like, why is it that you believe that what you're doing in your building is the only thing that God is calling for, and then the people around the corner are wrong for what they're doing? And so, therefore, we can't go around that corner and fellowship with them. We have to keep our members up here so that, you know— you might like what Romy Rome is doing down there in Baltimore. And then before you know it, I don't have a church. I don't have a following. So it's like, I believe that we just stuck to our corner. And then we put the people in our neighborhood that we liked in our corner. And if you mm-hmm. agreed with me, you went to my church. And if you didn't, you was able to go down the street and join Jerome's church because he was doing it different. You know, that different right. guy thing. Okay, so let me ask you this. Based on what you're saying, what is the root, actual root cause for churches really not coming together? So it, it has to be, in my opinion, the pastor. So if it's the pastor, I'm looking at it as they're looking at it in, in the flesh, not in the spirit, where they're looking at it as competition. They, like you mentioned, they're losing money. I mean, what do you all think? Jerome, you talk, talk to me. I, I know you're the man with the master plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I knew we were going to talk about this subject, and 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 I, I I'm, I'm I'm with my girl. I'm with I'm, I'm with Adrian. I said I'm gonna make it a little more personal. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna make it a little more personal. When I was 16 years old, raised up in the church, I was listening to the preacher preach. And said, if he's correct, mm-hmm. then if I die, I'm going to go to hell and be separated from God forever. So I said, I don't want that to happen. So that means I need to do some things. So I got up out of my chair, went down to the preacher, shook his hand, told him I wanted to get saved. And blah, 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 blah. Two weeks later, I got baptized and got my name supposedly put on the road. I'm good. I'm good. No, I wasn't good. Okay. But I thought I was good. You know why? Because I did everything I was told that I was supposed to do in order to be good. Mm-hmm. Four years later, when I'm about to get out of the military, I'm going to four different churches, five different churches, trying to find what real truth was. Because what I had four years ago, that wasn't for real, for real. And what I had then was a bunch of confusion because, as as, as Adrian said, one pastor said, I got to do this in order to get saved. I almost said, I had to do that in order to get saved. 
Then I got to do backflips. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody can't be right. Everybody can't be. Well, what's going on? So here I was, stuck like Chuck, trying to figure out truth from error and didn't have a clue. I was lost in the sauce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or as Roman Rome say, I was toe up from the flow up. And but many people are like that. Yeah. But guess what happened to me? I was in a gymnasium. No, I was in a, yeah, I was in a gymnasium in the weight room, Fort Stewart, Georgia, lightning and thunder outside. Nobody there but me. And mm-hmm. I'm crying out to God saying, God, I don't know what to do. Because all these preachers telling me to do this and blah, 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 blah. And the only thing that was consistent amongst them was this man named Jesus Christ. I said, well, Jesus Christ is the one that's consistent. Then let him come into my life. You know, let, let him do it. I say, but I don't know what to believe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to trust. And mm-hmm. the word that came to me was study my word. Study my word. Study my word. Well, interestingly enough, something happened that day. I don't know what it was. I can't, can't describe it. Things changed for me, but I didn't lose sight of that, 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 that study my word. Mm-hmm. And every church I've gone to since then, and this goes back to your original question about why we don't work together is, is that I predicate everything in my life moving forward on God's word. Got period. And Thanks, I do it by faith, meaning that I don't know everything and my, and, and, and my church don't know everything because I'm receiving it by faith. What I originally found out was the church I went to originally, mm-hmm. they were telling me what they were told. But a lot of them didn't do their homework to check out whether what they were being told was right or not. And then they tell everybody else who ain't doing what they're doing that they wrong, and they ain't even done their homework. Come on now. Come on now. And so that's what I realized happened. And we still do this today. You know, if you if you ain't following it the way I'm following it, if you ain't crossing my teeth and dying my like, wait a minute. I didn't invent this. I didn't create this. God did. Well, and, and here's the other crazy part. All of us are created after uh, in God's image. Well, shouldn't I be trying to draw people in instead of right. push people away? You know? And, and and I was sharing with somebody, and it wasn't here, but I was talking about in, in our churches today, in order for you, and I know this is, we talking about Protestant, you could be an Islam, you could be a Jew like that. But I know, in, I know in the Protestant church, a lot of those churches, in order for you to hear the gospel, to hear the truth, you got to jump through a hoop. You got to pass a litmus test first. Wait a minute. That ain't what the Bible says. It say, whosoever will, let them come. Oh, no, no, no. Your dress is too short. You know, oh, wait a minute now. Oh, you, you, you an LGBT? You know, you, you, you gay? You, you transgender? Well, no, you can't come here. But, but the, but the sleeping with the, but the deacon is sleeping with the pastor's wife, and then he's okay. He can come, you know. The, the, Being hypocritical. Come on. Picking we and choosing. standards. See, and that I'm telling you, it drive me crazy. I be losing it because the Bible <laughs> says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and everybody has something to contribute. Everybody has something to say. And maybe sometime if we weren't so busy judging people about the way they talk and about the way they walk and about the way they do whatever, we might find out that they're in pain and we can do something to help them. But no, we judging them first. And then we wonder why they run back out in the streets and still acting the way that they acted because ain't no hope in the church. Right, right. Ain't no hope 
And this is, and I'm telling you, it's really, really sad. And we wonder why the young people ain't coming to church. Because look what's in the church. Oh, I got you. I, I see you got an amen corner over there with misunderstood over there. Did that come out my mouth? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I yes, tell you. It, did. it definitely it's... just came out your mouth. I want you to know that. And when you talk about the babies in the church, they just are trying to figure it out. And it, it, but I'm always like, you drive down the street, literally, and you will literally see these churches on each corner. Right. And in between the churches, liquor store. There's a liquor store. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So, one, we got to look at it like it's a blatant disrespect to, mm-hmm. to what it is that we are supposed to be out here doing as a church. Mm-hmm. But then the people that are going to that church, how they handle and encounter the people that they come across that are standing outside the liquor store, you know, waiting on the liquor store to open, all of that. These are all ministry opportunities for us to do exactly what Christ is calling each and every one of us to do, regardless of what building you're supposedly going in to do it. Adrian, can I can I take it a little step further? Go for Cause it. Because I, I used to got an evangelized from my old, the church I was with before, not the one I'm with now. And I used to watch some of them, like the Wild Wild West, when you put notches on your belt, about how many people you got to make a profession of faith? Come on, man! And boop, boop, boop. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it and it messed me up. I'm like, no, no, no. So I went to the pastor one day and I said, Pastor, he said, he said yeah, Israel. I said, Can I keep it one hundred with you? He said, Please. I said, Let me tell you something. When I'm out there witnessing on Tuesdays, I said I am not witnessing for Zion Baptist Church. I'm witnessing the people for heaven. Period. I say, when I run into people, I say, you know what I say first before I open my mouth? I say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say on your behalf? Not, are you born again? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Have you been, blah, blah, blah? No. What do you want me to say? And sometimes, I told my saying, sometimes I ask them, how you doing today? You, 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 you look like you're tired. Uh, are you okay? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Really? And the next thing you know, I'm sitting there having a conversation. I ain't said nothing about Jesus. I ain't said nothing about being born again. And you can see that what I said to them blessed them. That's what they needed to hear that day. And not that the gospel shouldn't be spoken, but I want to be led by God, not by Jerome. And then I said to him, when I run into people who who lean to, who, who want to hear about the gospel, I said, if they've got a church of their own, I encourage them to go to their church, not come to our church. Now, if they don't have a church, well, my pastor, he can roll it from the pulpit. But 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 I don't have a script that they got to follow in order. Come on. Come on. Like Adrian said, it's an opportunity for ministry. and But we don't look for ministry. We, we got to shove it down their throat. You got you got to be born again. Now, now make this profession of faith. Blah, 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 blah. Ain't bit more saving the man on the money. And I guess got a little car filled out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I told him that. And know what he told me? He said, Jerome, he said, you're going to be just fine. I said, I said, Pastor, I just I just had to be honest with him about. Oh, I look, I, I'm looking at it as most pastors nowadays are 
are looking at it monetarily far as the money wise you know what you think misunderstood let me let me let me let me well it's funny because we we look at it and we consider it to be like it's the pastor now Mm -hmm. depending on the church a lot of pastors don't really run the church they have like the joint board runs the church and they kind of steer the pastor in which way they want to or need him to go so there's deacons and that the deacon board and the trustee board are like and they hold pastors i don't want to say accountable but sometimes Mm -hmm. they put them in situations where they are the pastor so they are the person that we see they are the person that's giving that word they are the ones that are giving the message However, they are also the ones that got to take all of the people that are in the church and then Mm -hmm. bring them together in one accord. Now, I definitely know growing up, I used to question my pastor's whole motive because I didn't understand. But Mm -hmm. then one day he pulled me aside and he explained to me that I was a young kid in church and that he would love to just jump on in and go with all of my new ideas because that was where, you know, he saw that we were on our way to. But he had so many older parishioners that if he would have sided with me, they would have stopped cutting them checks. They would have stopped sending their tithe. And that is what I believe is running the church. So it's the money that is really determining how and which way they go. Now, if you've got, if you got a good pastor that is literally preaching out of the Bible or teaching, see a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of times what's going on is you find preachers that like to preach, and that's right. a show. You know, that's the whole show, and then they get down, and then they do all they do, and then they get to cop. And once they get mm-hmm. to Calvary, they say they hung him high and they stretched him wide. And they got this whole little to do. But those are the people that are not really hearing what God is saying. So if that was to happen, <coughs> what would be the, in, 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 in your own words, in your own words, you and Jerome's own words, what would be the benefit of the, uh, in churches working and coming together regardless of their individual i would say fleshly belief uh and what have you well my problem is and i I mentioned this earlier was that i found out that what i was being taught wasn't correct because the people who were teaching it to me weren't taught correctly so you know you, you don't have the right information and you pass on the incorrect information, and then I'm running around here thinking, okay, this is God, and this is blah, 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 and it, and it wasn't right. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, stop, time out. And we perpetuate this. And then we run around talking about, and, and, and Adrian said it too, well, well, my God's bigger than your God. My God's better than your God. Well, wait a minute, who, where's that at? You know, like, ain't it supposed to be one God? Ain't it supposed to be one creator? See, one of the problems, the reason we can't come together 
okay, is because I believe that we're too entrenched in what we've been told and not what we've lived and experienced. And what I have shared with what Makes I have shared with too many folks is the reason why I'm ingrained in what I believe is because when when the God told me read his word, there are things in God's word mm-hmm. I, I don't fully understand at all. I do not. But you know what God has done? He's taken some of the things that I do understand and made them real in my life. And because they're real in my life, mm-hmm. number one, you can't shake me. And number two, I ain't got to shove it down your throat because you don't believe it. It's real for me. And right. that's good enough. And I'm going to be okay with that. And you and, and me mm-hmm. and you can still get along even though you ain't receiving what I'm saying. But too many uh, folks out there, mm-hmm. when there's a difference, then we put up our, our swords and our shields and our defense mechanism and say, well, you ain't no good because you believe different. Wait a minute, hold up. If God created all this and God made all this, you, what, what, he needs you to fight his battle? Hello? Hmm. <laughs> That's the thought right there. So we're too, we're too busy trying to prove to one another that we're right over the other person instead of, in my opinion, ministering to the needs of those people who uh, don't have a church to go to or who, who are in poverty or who are hurting. Because he said them that are whole don't need a physician, but them that are sick. So he's called us to reach out to them that are by the wayside. But if all they see us fighting, well, why would they want to be a part of us? See, they will go to Asian church or my church. Mm-hmm. Y'all, 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 y'all hypocritical. Y'all, y'all not real. Y'all supposed to be of God. And we too busy talking about, well, age ain't this. Look how she dressed. Got that blonde hair. She knows she a Negro. <laughs> but she mm-hmm. knows she's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. 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 Hello. Hello. And there's nothing. And It's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. We don't all have to be this. Mm-hmm. And we already are all different anyway, because there's no one person who has the same finger fingerprint throughout the world. Everybody's fingerprint is all different. Exactly. Yes, I know for sure. On my end, with my daughters, them being twins, they are completely different night and day. (laughs) Night (laughs) and day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, you'd be scamming. 
You know, this is a good topic because I know I've been I grew up in the church myself with my with my grandmother, grandfather. My grandfather was a minister. So I grew up in the church and I always noticed and it bugged me, but I never said anything being grew up old school way. You know, you know, child stays in the child's place. But I noticed it was it was more churches in the city where I was born and grew up with, with my grandparents than there was anything else. But I rarely saw them all come together unless it was a, you know, Baptist convention. That was the only time a Southern Baptist convention, they would, the, the pastors would come together, but none of the church members would interact among each other to show that brother and sisterly love uh, to assist to help someone in in the in the in a loving manner of their faith as what is as what it dictates in when you believe in God. So it always bothered me. And and another thing that bothers me about we the church is not working together, but it's so many in the community, especially in the inner city community within the minority or the black community, I noticed that if the money that they take from tithes and they pay their bills, which I understand all of that, and I have no issue with that, but some of that money, why not invest that money back into the community by helping someone that's trying to be productive and wanting to start their own business? You do just like a bank, having a contract, charge them interest and, and all of that. But yet I don't even see that happening, but, they are so concerned about paying your tithes, you know, the, the, those type of churches that's concerned more about paying your tithes than anything. What do y'all think? <laughs> <coughs> Come on. You know, we in the trenches, so, you know, you got to tell it, you know, raw, real and raw. Come on. Well, I, well, I believe that the tithe is a, from the Old Testament is a guideline. It's a, it's a, it, it was, it was, it was put there um, under the law. And I'm a New mm -hmm. Testament Christian that I was under Christ mm -hmm. and God loveth the cheerful giver. What I discovered by and I and I didn't know I was doing this when I went into recruiting command in the army. You had to put it. You had to turn in a financial statement, and we would set aside. 10% of our money, me and my wife, to go to a church or to a ministry or whatever like that. And that was absolutely. But what we also did was the extra money that was left over from that. And then we weren't investing like that. Mm -hmm. We would we would say, well, 
is there a particular need? Is there somebody out there that's hurting? And we would end up ministering right. to different folks. Well, I had to put an mm-hmm. attorney in a financial statement to the commander to go on the recruiting command because when you recruiting command, you're on civilian, you're not on the military base. And he was saying, so I'm really, I can't approve your application to go recruiting command. I said, why is that, sir? He says, you're giving over 55% of your total income to the church. I said, excuse me? He says, you're giving over 50. And, and what blew me away was we didn't know we were doing that. We set the 10% mm-hmm. specifically to organizations, but the rest of that was just giving here, giving there, giving there. And all of our bills were paid. So we weren't lacking in anything. So that blew, that mm-hmm. really blew me away about giving in reference to um, the church. You know, I, I, I've learned some more since mm-hmm. then. So I don't give as much. But the point, ah, you caught that. <laughs> but the point was, well, yeah, point I caught was, that. Was that um, I'm, I'm one of those Christians that I believe that 100% of what I earn comes from God. I take 10% specifically for upkeep of his kingdom and all like that. That other 90%, God mm-hmm. gave it to me. So why not ask God how to use it? Boom. So I don't That's, so I don't just do 10%. I say, God, this other 90% stewardship is yours. Show me how to use it correctly. Some cases I, I'm helping somebody out. In some cases, I'm doing this. In some cases, I, and I've always been able to pay my bills. Okay, so that's that's me mm-hmm. right there. Okay, and I'll let Adrian talk. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's funny because I have a chapter in my book. It's a third. My my book is a thirty day journal, and one of those days is dedicated, and it says that belief is having the ability to speak, but. The possible, the, the the ability to listen, because you will learn things. Because I like the fact that okay, like I'm a person. I'll tell you all the time. You know the scripture that said, what is it? Proverbs 22. I think it's like Proverbs 22 and six. Raise up a child in the way that they should go, and then when they get old, they won't depart from it. Think about it. If I was raised in this church, that's how I was raised. But you were raised in that mosque, that's how you were raised. So you were raised in that mosque, so in the synagogue, that's how you were raised. So when we all get together and we become old, now the way that you were raised is the way that you're going to resort back to. So how dare I tell you that what you're telling me is not real? Like I was sitting with those men at the, the Muslim... I couldn't tell the Muslim men that them avatars that they were talking about and, and giving me all this knowledge of everything. I just wanted to make sure that the avatar wasn't blue because, you know, I had to ask the question. Because <laughs> Hollywood will do it to you, though. But you got to understand, like I said, this was this the pandemic just happened. So I was all the way grown when I was getting these conversations, you know, people shooting at me, like I was wrong about this and I'm wrong about that. I'm thinking, no, no, bro. I didn't learn it, but I lived it. You, there's mm-hmm. a difference. You can't tell me what, I, what I'm giving to you right now. You can't tell me that I got it out of a book because I'm gonna tell you, I remember not having a job. I remember not having no money. I remember, but I never went hungry. I never was cold. I ne- I remember 
Like, so you can't tell me that it didn't happen. And then that was like the, that was a very profound day in that studio because they heard me for the first time. Because, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, so I believe in that blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus. I used to tell people, you know, you do know I do have blonde hair and blue eyes and I am standing here in the flesh. So, yeah, bro, I could be the Jesus that they lied to you about. You, I mean, come you, on. You do, you do have a, a blonde hair for those that's listening. Blue eyes, and I do be fleshly like a mug. So I'm telling you, that is how Christ said they was coming. So it's not my fault. <laughs> that people have gotten information too fast or too, you know how it, God's timing is God's timing. And when people realize that God's timing is God's timing, a lot of us have a problem because we just trying to put our brains on it. But God says that my ways won't be your ways and they're so above your ways. That's why I talk to you down there so that you can kind of get where I'm at. You know, so the problem is we are all where we are, but we got so much to say about what God is doing in this moment. And we are not God. But you lived it. You breathed it. If something went wrong in your life and you are still living today as proof, then you got a mm-hmm. used to story that will never make it to a book. Mm-hmm. And somebody going to meet you. And then that is the that is the gospel that they need to know. In the same way you in that situation, the same way you in that situation, you can get up. You know what I always ask Muslims? The only question I ever wanted to know was what was the lie that got them so far away from the promise? That's true. And they would look at me. Well, and I'm saying, I just want to know. Because if the promise said that all of Abraham's seeds would be blessed, and Ishmael being the firstborn of Abraham, how is it that you don't believe that you is a part of this promise? Not because of what the people are saying, because if you live your mm-hmm. life, you're living your life in and through promise every day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, like, it's like, okay, so the biggest thing about the Muslims is they don't believe that Christ was crucified. They believe that at the very last second, there was like, there was a trance that the Russians, that the uh, Roman soldiers were put in. They, they, they changed Christ off of the cross and then put Judas up on the cross. I'm thinking, whoa, 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 wait, time out, time out. I don't like your story right now because you're putting my savior in the, in the, in the man that sold Jesus out. Whoa, wait a minute. So it's always got to come down to the story that we're telling ourselves. Do you want to be a victim or do you want to be a victor? Because if you're telling me that you don't believe that this is true, then that says that when you're in that pit, you need to stay in that pit, and you're going to stay in that pit forever because you don't believe in the gloriness of getting up out of the grave. There's power in getting up out of the grave. And people miss it. But because, listen... And then you get caught up in people's conversations and stuff. And then you're sitting there and I'm thinking, but bruh, if you would stop talking to me and just get up out the grave and let Christ get up out the grave, we wouldn't even be in this situation anymore. We've been wiped it off because when he got off the grave, he took all of it. He killed all of it. He made all of it live. 
Do, but do you understand? Like, they don't want me to get to talking because, you know, I'm a goon for God. I'm out here fighting this thing. We in the trenches for real. Okay? Mm. But it's a reason. Oh, yeah. You are. You, you're in it. It's a reason because our babies need to see this. Our babies don't see church the way that we've seen church. We didn't see church the right way. We was, half of us was drugged to church, literally. Every day, all day, and then had to sit there all day long. So church became something that we had to do, something that we didn't want to do. So then when we start to make our own choices, the first thing we want to do is choose not to do it. Negative, negative, negative. Because now our babies don't even believe in the choice. They don't believe they have a choice. So therefore, it's like, where is their power ever going to come from? That's why if we got a church on every corner, it's good because that means there's a covering on every corner. But if we don't know the power that is coming up out of the building, we're missing it. That's why they put the, that's why they put the little liquor stores right there because everybody need to be saved. There ain't nobody thinking about it like that. I love when mm -hmm. I walk outside and see winos and stuff at church. I, I go in there and tell them. I, I will show you in a heartbeat. This is why I showed up for you. I'm out here for you. You thought that I... Did you really think that you were going to be someplace where God wasn't going to send us to come get you? I stop people in, I stop people in everything that they do because there is no place that God won't come. He knows what each one of us is. In the day that he needs you, he gonna come get you. And if he don't come by himself, you don't. He not coming out the sky, <sighs> with the heavenly music and clouds and stuff. He's not doing it like that. He's coming like me. He's coming like Sam. He's coming like Rome. Like he's coming, and he ain't. I'm telling you, he's not coming in robes. He's not coming in crowns of glory. He's not. Why? Cause he didn't even deal with crowns of glory. No, all he these didn't. people well to do and all this all pressed up and everything. You know that if you that pressed up, you know God don't even have no room for you. So what are you really saying to the people? Show us your scars. Because that's what God is about. That that's why church to me has lost it because if you're not in there just completely telling the truth about who you are. Like, I don't know if it is an actual scripture, but I remember back in the day, my pastor used to say that the only thing church was for was for people to, they, they, they met in church to talk about all of the lives that they actually saved that week. Like bragging. Bragging. Right. Like, I brought this person to church and I did this person to church. Like, I brought this person, like, I need these people to come into the kingdom. Like, and that was what it was about. You went to church to praise God for all of the things that you had to go through and endure, but you still made it in the every day when I walk into church. I walk into church and I smack the wall. People be like, I take one for the team, God. I'm in there. I'm in here. Because the devil be real. The devil is real, and he will do any and everything to keep you out of the building. There are so many of us that make choices not to show up, and we don't realize that what we are doing is we are feeding the enemy. Mm. And you want to know why people are dying in the streets. You want to know why our kids don't want to listen to us. Because they think we crazy. 
because we show up and go to church every day. Like, you know, and, and the hey. new generation looks at the old generation and say, well, can I get $30? <laughs> and yeah. grandma say, I ain't got $30. But yet, they grandma go to church and she put her $30 in the plate. Oh, grandma got her mess. She messed up. Why would she not give it to me? But she gonna give it to the church. She caught up in a lie. She caught up. No. Grandma knows that sometimes you plant seed in good soil versus bad soil. If you ain't doing nothing mm -hmm. with that $30 that you just asked me for, why would I give it to you so you can go get your head bad and do something stupid and it never coming back? If I give thirty dollars to God, He gonna bless you in all your dumb shit that you're doing. <laughs> we don't look at it like well, that. We don't look at it like you, that. But they need to look at it like that. Well, well, I, I'm I'm gonna have to say, I mean, you you hit some you hit some good points. But I what this is, so you know I mean whoa you you hit a lot of good points. Uh, but this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let you all. It's getting close to that time. I'm gonna let you all have the last word on the topic on regarding why, you know, there's so many churches, but we don't work together. Give your your summarize what can be done to change this whole dynamics. You want me to go or you want to go? There you go. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you close it out. Um, all right. Uh, my summary is is that. And it, it it coincides a little bit of what, what Adrian was saying. You know, we, we need to stop playing God and let God use us to reach the laws, whether it's in the building, outside of the building, in a home, whatever the case may be. And that holier than thou, like my religion is better than your religion. You know, we get we 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 need to take time to listen to differences, to listen to what others have to say. And if that's if if that doesn't sit well with you, okay, go on about your business. But at least give people an opportunity to have a conversation. Because if you've got what's for real inside of you, can't nobody shake that. Nobody. If it's mm -hmm. for real. Now, if it ain't for real, anything can come. Because, you know, the Bible talks about being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by then the line we can see. Yeah, you can be you can be shaken if your mm -hmm. stuff is flaky. But if you got something that's real... And like Adrian said, it's real. It's real in her life. It's real in my life. Can't nobody, I don't care what nobody say. And I can listen to what people say who disagree with me, but I'm not shaken by mm -hmm. their disagreement. Why? Because I know what's real in my life, period. Not what somebody mm -hmm. preached from some pulpit or what I heard years ago, but what I live every day. You can't shake that. I'm sorry. But the bottom line is, as Adrian said, there are too many folks out here that don't know what truth is. And those of us who supposedly know it, we're not reaching them with that. So they don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to stand on. And if we, as if we, for those of us in these churches, if we don't come together and try to make a difference, I believe it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better because, you know, we're, we're staying on the, uh, out there talking about my religion is better than yours. No, it's not. The God I serve saved me. And the God I serve told me to go out and tell other people about who he is and how he can save them as well. And I ain't got to beat them up or treat them like garbage or make them feel less than in order to tell that story. And if they don't want to receive that story, 
that's okay. He's been good to me. So like Adrian said, he's been good to her. So you can say what you want to say. I know how good he's been to me. Sorry. Boom. And so to me, that's what's going on. That's what's happening. You know, we, we, we've got to reach across the aisle. We got to open up enough to create a dialogue and to receive others to at least hear what they're saying. And I think that can start making mm-hmm. a difference. And hopefully um, we can start you know, helping a lot more people because there are a lot of people out there hurting, especially after COVID, especially after the pandemic. Well, that's my summary. What about you, Miss? Understood. Asian. Well, like what I, is I like your last? COVID opened a lot of people's eyes. I've heard more people have conversations about God after COVID than ever. You know, like I grew up in the church, so you know, you hear you in certain places will hear that certain conversation. But when you hear it in the odd places, that's how you know that it is going to get worse. But it's only going to get worse so that the witness can get better. The problem that I believe that we have is that a lot of us are still having this closet religion. Don't nobody really want to tell the dirt that they came from. And so, that's true. Like when people look at me and they hear this guy got goons, there's so many people that are offended by me saying that God got goons. But I got that from pulpits and deacons because they were the goons. They've just been mm-hmm. saved by grace. Now they're dressed up and they know what to do. So it's not like I want them to come back and say what they need to say in goons fashion. But in the world that we live in today, where everybody's getting shot up from block to block, mm-hmm. running up, running them up, y'all two have y'all two are veterans. These young men that are out here today wouldn't want to go to nobody's army because they don't know what yes sir means. There's That's true. So much That's... Be- there's so much more than having the, the ability to shoot up a block that they mm-hmm. are not even getting because everything is so discombobulated. Water washed. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's like what, what they see on TV is not the real reality has been fake for years. Y'all do know oh, that, that like, is reality so true. shows oh. have been the fakest thing forever. The only thing that reality did was stop actresses and actors from getting paid. That's exactly what and video games. Because then they started signing waivers. They had 25 people on there fighting to get one prize. So that meant now we got 25 people showing their lives, doing this thing, and we can watch them for two and a half seasons. But we only got to pay the one winner. What? What? So when we realize, like Malcolm X said, what? You've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, let us stray. Run them up. You know, let me rock and land on up. You know, the whole thing. So where do you think that it happened? It didn't stop. But now it's happening from our lives, like our minds. We're showing our children that you can only do this. You can only be these things. You can only do this. You can only do that. So we're giving them this limited ability to understand, but there is abundance with God. Everything that God made, he's made so much of it that there is enough for everyone. 
themselves and pray and seek my face P R A Y <laughs> then then they will see from heaven hey this is scripture but we literally have to do it and stop sitting there like what we're doing is so right and what they're doing is so wrong no that's the humbleness that we gotta get over like get over yourself tell me your truth Mm -hmm. I see this lie that you're living and I understand it and it's okay because if that's how you got to do it then that's how you got to do it but at the end of the day how do mm -hmm. you help me? Tell me your truth so that I can understand All that right. I can relate to you so much better Alright, alright I like that I like that well, before we end this episode uh, for the listeners and those that's watching, I want to say you can join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And the links is going to be provided with the transcript of this episode. I also want to thank, I really do want to thank my two special guests, Miss Understood Adrian and Mr. Jerome Baltimore's own Red. And if you look for Miss Understood book, Surviving Tough Times, you can find that once again at Cozy Corner. And look out for Mr. Jerome Red's book and novels that's coming out. I'm telling you, he is an excellent, excellent uh, person in writing and poetry. I have his books, and it will it will hit you home. So thank you all for listening to In the Trenches. See you in the next episode. You've been listening to In the Trenches. Real, raw, plain speak without all the political correctness. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out to TS and F Consultant and Management on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So long for now from In the Trenches.